Are you dreaming of leftover gravy? Is it calling to you while you try to sleep? Many of us might be because we might have leftovers while we deal with the holiday calorie hangovers. So we checked in with our friend Andrea from Best You Nutrition just to get some tips on how to maybe slow down the overindulgence. It's Thursday already, which means small town salute. We headed towards McGregor to check in with Valley View Tubing Hill to find out when are they going to be able to open to get some snow tubing going. And I had the weirdest wake up I've had in a long time. So we asked you, what's an example of a wacky wake up you endured? I'm Brett McGarry alongside Loren McNabb and Greg Mackling, who's off this week. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Thursday, December 28th podcast for The Start. It is McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is off this week, and it is Thursday already. Mentioned Sunday is New Year's Eve. That's right. It's Thursday. And it, 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 I, I honestly, when I woke up today, Loren, I, I couldn't quite remember. What what day is it? It's so funny you say that. I was texting with a friend yesterday, like, you know, how was your Christmas and how are things going? And, and uh, her comment was something like, well, I already don't know what day of the week it is, so so far so good. Which you know, that's what vacations mm-hmm. are like. But when you work, you're super thrown because you can't recall what you're supposed to be preparing for. We texted yesterday about today's our regular small town salute, and yeah. I think you said, "What day of the week is it again?" Because like, <laughs> yeah. I said I'm trying to tee up something for seven thirty-seven tomorrow, and you said, "For what?" You didn't say that, but you were thrown by the fact that we were already at Thursday. Yeah. Like, oh, geez. Yeah. Small town salute. And then then when I got up, I thought, do I have to do the couch potatoes today? Because normally I record on Thursday. And then I remembered, no, no, Jeff, we already, we already, it's in the bag. Figured it out. Yeah. Our top TV of 2023. That podcast is actually already available now if you want to download that or top 20 TV shows. But uh, yeah, we, we put that in the bag last week. So. I'm scot free from couch potatoes duty today, but yeah, I just I had to sort of take a minute to take stock of where we're at and the fact that New Year's Eve is coming. I'm not guessing up, just just completely unrelated in terms of that temperature on New Year's Eve. Minus eight for New Year's Eve is pretty good because it's usually oh. minus thirty eight. No, usually I'm packing Sorrells and things in the car forever we're going or walking or what have you, right? And you're making plans to sort of hunker down. For the evening, like say you're going to a house party, you want to be there for several hours so you can stay warm and then and then do your walk back home. And, you know, it, when you talk about that temperature yesterday, I was walking around, I ran into the city. I have a couple extra gifts to get to, for relatives that I haven't seen yet that were seen on the weekend. And I was walking around in a sweatshirt and running shoes and, and, and tights like it was like it was like I was a spring day. Just a sweatshirt? Yeah, I was just so warm. I just drove, you know, you're in the car and you're so used to warming up your car mm-hmm. before you go. And then I got, and I get in, and I crank the heat and I got the heat warmers on. And all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my God, I get all of this clothes <laughs> off. And like, what's happening? <laughs> so, yeah. The I, awkward I act of trying yes. to take your park off in the car. Yes. And, you, and if you don't have your child around to help get it off of you, you're in real trouble. So. <laughs> Grab mom's coat. Grab mom's coat. Pull. 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 Pull harder. Hurry up. We're going to get an accident. Pull. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the small town salute. Where are we going today at 735? 
Well, this is really great because this group, um, they run a Bible camp in the summer. And then we learned, I think it was just about a year ago, Brett, that they do this great port, uh, Portage La Prairie tubing mm-hmm. um, in the winter time. And so I reached out yesterday just to say, how's it going? Like, I'd love to talk to you about any uh, opening dates and challenges you have. And actually, yesterday was their usual opening date, December 27th-ish. And now they're leaning hard on that ish because they can't make snow where they are. They haul it in from other spots and where are you hauling it from unless you're going to, I don't even know if somewhere near Churchill would have enough snow to pull down to <laughs> Portage La Prairie right now. So we're going to head to Portage La Prairie, hear a bit about their operation there because they will get snow and it is a cool place and it is a good destination, but it's a challenging time of year as we referenced yesterday for a lot of these snow loving folks. Yeah, at 635 as well, we'll hear from Global's uh, Drew Stremick, Global Weather Specialist Drew Stremick, normally on Global News Morning, but there's no Global News Morning this week. Uh, but he put together a story yesterday about how Manitobans are still finding ways to embrace winter activities in spite of the mild temperatures. I know that the, the, you know, the Forks is getting ready to launch their, their winter uh, village, as it, so to speak, but it's going to be under the canopy. And uh, they say, you know, they've made it very clear, do not step out onto the river just yet. We're testing what we can and checking the ice depth and whatnot, but uh, the river trail nowhere near anywhere being ready. So we'll learn more about that at 6.35. And then a bit later on this morning at 8.35, you referenced yesterday, and I heard uh, one of our producers, Nicole, cut it into a, a clip that was that was rerunning. You were talking about how you had to almost tie yourself to your bed because you could hear the gravy in the fridge calling to you. Loren, I can go on anything. I can be eaten alone. I'm almost like a soup. Don't you want to taste me? <laughs> That's it. That's why I can't have ice cream in my home. That's <laughs> no. what happens. I think every person has that one thing that if it's there, like you, know, you put it away, right? Mm-hmm. Then you go do something else, and you're like, I could probably have one more bite. Yeah. Right? Then you go back. <laughs> oh yeah, I just cannot have ice cream in my home. It calls to me in my sleep, and uh, but that I think for a lot <laughs> I of us, right now, this whole thing. Sorry, you were no, trying no, to no, get no. to a point. That's that's exactly kind of what I was hoping you'd go somewhere that like that, and you took it even better. But uh, we we want to talk about that holiday calorie hangover because I think I heard the average person or the average amount. And I have to double check this, uh, but uh, the average number of calories consumed by a single person on Christmas Day is six thousand. Ew. Yes, uh, that's probably true. And you do nothing. Yeah. Like so, it's not like you even went. Like we maybe you went for a walk, but not your hardiest of walks, right? Mm-hmm. So you've eaten that on Christmas Day, then you have the leftovers, and then you have that whole. Um, is it an excuse? You know, ah, it's holidays, right? Yeah. Like I'll worry about it later, but sometimes it's like nine days later. And my kids last night were like, can we, can we please not have turkey? Remember how we talked about what's the statue on your turkey leftovers? Yeah. And they were already basically done with them because there had been the Christmas day, the boxing day, then a turkey sandwich for lunch. And then they asked for fettuccine Alfredo. And I was like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> why don't I just get an IV and direct shoot fat back into my body? Like, well, and it, it, it you, you crave it, right? Like the more you eat, the the more you crave it. I like I know if I, I remember ooh, there was there was one week where I had like I stopped for drive through one day, and then I thought no, oh, that was good. And the next day I 
stopped again. And then on by the, just by day three, I had to, it was hard to not stop. So you like those cravings really like take hold of your brain. And this week it's probably been tough. Like even yesterday I was determined, bound and determined to eat something healthier, just mm-hmm. like a salad. Yes. But instead, you know, and listener farmer uh, Ian Smith uh, and many thanks for this. Ian was very generous and gave us some some pork, some sausages, and some bacon. And I cracked into the sausages last week, and they were calling to me yesterday. So instead oh. of having a salad, I made like seventeen sausages and and eggs and hash browns, and it was those, delicious. But those I felt sausages awful after. are so good, though. <laughs> no, Listen, I just googled this now. According to Ren Kitchens, the average person packs away 5,300 calories on Christmas Day, mm-hmm. twice the recommendation for man, three times the recommendation for woman, and it would take the average person 208 hours of nonstop walking to burn that off <laughs> and or 8.6 days. Oh. 208 hours. All right. Normally, normally I go for about 45 minutes on my walks, but I'll well, see if I can get to that. you're almost there. You're almost <laughs> there. You just have about times 40,000 to go. It's McGarry McNabb. Mackling is off this week. Forte back in the saddle in master control. And right now we want to, for a chance for you to win a $25 gift card for Santa Lucia Pizza, we want to discuss wacky wake-ups. We talked earlier, Loren, about like, what day is it? What direction am I aimed at? Because, you know, we're all sort of discombobulated by the holidays. And I guess that discombobulation followed me into my sleep last night. Because when I first woke up today, quote unquote, I leapt out of bed, like leapt out of bed, not out of panic, like, but like I was possessed and just ready for the day. Like, all, I even remember saying, all right, let's take on the day or something stupid like that. That big dumb smile <laughs> How often does that face. happen, Brett? Never, <laughs> ever. This is like a scene, isn't that Jerry Maguire where I clap my hands and I get up in the morning and I say, hello world. Is that you? Like <laughs> that, that was basically me when this happened. But then I looked at the clock and saw it was 11.30 p.m. And I thought, what What am I doing right now? I, I, like, I don't know, I don't remember what I was dreaming about, but clearly it prompted me to jump out of bed. I went back to bed. I was able to fall back asleep, but then the rest was garbage, and I had to peel myself out of bed this morning. And, and I thought, that's more like it. So what's an example of a wacky wake-up you've experienced? It could just, you know, be waking up in unusual circumstances, uh, or something external woke you up, something weird, or maybe like you ever, uh, like Loren, you ever wake up to a heart attack due to a, like a thunder clap outside? Oh yeah, just noises like that. Sometimes it's just your own dream wakes you up, and then you feel like something horrible has happened. You ever wake up? <laughs> Sometimes I wake up giggling because of whatever I'm dreaming about. <laughs> <laughs> No? <laughs> Never woke up giggling, no. Really? No. You have way better dreams than I do. <laughs> I'll wake up, guys. Sometimes I wake up crying. I'm like, what? What is happening here? You got some vivid dreams. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Crazy dreams. Um, and maybe we should do the Greg Mackling. He like, listens to podcasts at night to, to hold I don't know. back his vivid dreams. I don't know how he does that. Like, no. I think Hal does that, too, falls asleep with um with like an earbud in. And I, I can't do that. I can't. Yeah, I've never tried. No, I don't, and I'm a side sleeper too, so I would just jam the earbud into my head. So two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Tell us a story about a wacky wake up for a chance to win that pizza. So, uh, Loren, why don't we start with you? Okay, this just happened a few days ago, and I'm sort of embarrassed to admit this, but I was having. I'm a really light sleeper. 
Um, so all sorts of things wake me up and it frustrates everyone because they'll think, how can you hear that? Like I was in the other corner of the house and I'm like, who's in the laundry room? Like, just stop it. But I woke <laughs> up the other day and I was like, you have to stop snoring to my husband and realize the snorer was me. Like I woke myself up. Like I could hear myself like in a low level, low grade, like not a heavy snore, just a very light, like, you know, not quite snoring. And I was embarrassed. Like I rolled over and I look and he's making zero noises. He's fast asleep. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm the snorer. <laughs> you woke yourself up. I woke myself up. Congratulations, Loren. You played you yourself. You are the problem. <laughs> I'm the problem. That's what I mean. It was awful. It was a terrible moment of like self-reckoning or awareness or whatever. Camp Poitras. Uh, well, like I wake up in a panic and I'm, and I'm being honest. I'm not over-exaggerating two to three times a week because of the horrendous sleep schedule that we have mm. to keep on this job. Mm-hmm. I'm a napper. I have to nap. And so especially at this time of year when I wake up and it's like dark at 445. Ah, uh, the AM uh, or PM The panic. AM or PM panic. Like, uh, like I'll sleep till 530 wake up in absolute panic i'm late i gotta get to work uh no it's 5 30 p.m that that happens a lot more like you you're you're coming out of the haze right of the sleep and you never really have like and i i try to nap for maybe two or three hours in uh, in the afternoon but it's 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 just like a it's it's like a holding sleep it's 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 not a real sleep it doesn't really count it's just it's a placeholder you know what I mean? It's it's not it's like empty calories. It's it's nope. empty. Yes, it's yeah. it's the chocolate bar of sleeping. It's yes. the potato chips <laughs> of a yes. of a sleep, and so you kind of get out of it, and you're like it happens all the time. Like I, I wake up because I'm you're you're always in a panic that you're going to sleep because when your alarm clock goes off at three thirty or whenever it does, you're constantly in the back of your mind think you're going to sleep through it every single night and. It just, it's a constant thing. It's a constant thing. Like I, I'll wake up three times a night. It happened today. Happened today at two thirty. I woke up in a panic, thinking I had to get up and go, and it was I still had an hour to go. So uh, it's constant. The AM or PM panic. That's a, that's a, and that was a Jeff Braun thing. He that's I think that's where I got that term because he would uh, he'd wake up with that panic. AM or PM. AM or PM. <laughs> uh, uh, Skyler. Well, I'm kind of the exact same. Um, I, I, it was something that I tried when I worked weekends here at CJOB when I was first starting. I used to work uh, 10 to 6, then rush over to the steakhouse for like 6.30 in, in a complete panic um, and, you know, barely made it on time, that sort of thing. So then I actually started doing the morning so I'd have more time to, you know, get over there. You'd have your whole afternoon, obviously, and maybe I could start a little earlier and, and not have to work until midnight every night. And then I started breaking up my sleep like Cam does. Uh, and like some people do it, it's called segmented sleep. Um, and I went like four hours uh, in the afternoon, four hours in the evening, and it was kind of consistent and it kind of worked for me. Um, but I don't think it's probably the healthiest thing of all time. Like last night, you woke up at 1130. Uh, I was still slinging steaks at 1130 and I ended up getting like three and a half hours of sleep last night. But then I uh, fell asleep during the Canada Junior game as soon as I got home and slept for like five hours in the afternoon. So, so you'll, you got to like throw away your social life, as you know. This? Like the four hours of sleep? Yeah, like well, it's not just... You know, I like if I was like doing uh, this job all the time, I think it'd be a little bit easier. It's kind of tough to do it for, you know, yeah. three days coming out of the holidays and, you know, I'm going away this weekend. But uh, basically, I'm just counting down till yeah, that's, Friday. That's why I kind of tried to get three in the afternoon and then five at night. That's yeah. a perfect situation yeah. for me. And uh, Jeff Forte back in Master Control. 
There's been one night where I was in a deep sleep, I'm dreaming, and all of a sudden in my dream, this alarm is going off. And like in my dream, I was panicking. So like I start running in my dream, and then I wake up, and it turns out it's the fire alarm that's going off in my building. Oh. And it's just like, I was so confused, because even when I woke up and I'm laying in bed, and I'm hearing the alarm go off, and I'm like, how is this alarm going off? I'm awake. Like, I just dreamt this. And it took me like a good like 10 or 15 seconds before I was like, wait a minute. That's the fire alarm. It's crazy how your brain like turns on. Yeah, like I was like, uh, I got to get out of bed. I got to get dressed. And then you had to run. Yeah, and I, I had to get out of there. Somebody just pulled the fire alarm, so it wasn't even uh, an actual. Uh, thing. Yeah, it was three o'clock in the morning, and I couldn't get back to sleep because I was like, well, psh, I got to be up in like twenty minutes anyhow. So. It's Dual. like when you wake up in a hotel and you have that 10 seconds of, where am I? <laughs> like you roll over and you're staring at a different wall. Yeah. It's weird. It is McGarry and McNabb Macklings off this week. We're asking you this morning about a wacky wake up that you have experienced. Like me, when I leapt out of bed, jumped out of bed, ready to take on the day, only to realize it was 11.30 p.m. And I crawled back into bed. But uh, Don, with a couple of interesting points here, one a story and one uh, with uh, pointing out something that you know, he's a trucker. So inter- they must deal with all kinds of interesting things. But Don's story says, I remember my Apple watch waking me up when I had my heart attack. It was, it was vibrating oh, with the wow. message. Your pulse seems to be highly elevated at 147 BPM as you appear to be resting. I recall thinking, resting? No kidding. I was sleeping. But I guess that... It's probably a good thing he had the watch. Yes, that's amazing. I never even thought about their ability to maybe do that. I've used the watch, just the Fitbit, to as an alarm, and I should get back to that because it wakes no one else up but you. It just vibrates on your wrist. Mm-hmm. But if you're a heavy sleeper, I don't know if that would. But wow, what a tool to wake you up with that. Like that might have been a, a difference maker, Don. And then Don also says another sleep issue that a lot of truckers have is waking up <laughs> from a nap and not remembering what city and or time zone we're in. Yeah, that gets back when I was saying about um, that feeling when you wake up, say you're in a hotel or you're staying at someone's house and you have that brief moment where you roll over and you realize that wall's not your wall or the view's not your view. Mm-hmm. And if you're not like alert, you just, part of you thinks, uh-oh. What did I do last night? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I've certainly had a moment or two like that where I go, what did I do last night? And and then then you start to put, then you look to your left and you're like, oh, hello there. Um, Ray from Toulon with an interesting one too. Woke up to a bundle of shingles that slipped off the top of the roof. Bang! Says that before the roof was, they had begun shingling. There was, they were just sort of stacked on the roof and one bundle on a stack of four fell off. And made a bang outside the window. So yeah. that would be scary. Like we talked about the thunderclaps mm-hmm. that might wake you up. But to, I would imagine that would sound more like a potentially like a gunshot outside your window. Oh, that would be that'd be frightening. It's like um, just the other day, Moose has a bark like you, like like you're being attacked. Like when he barks, like oh, yeah. the world is ending. It's just a deep, deep, heavy bark. And the other night was just last week. I'm going to sleep and I also the dog just starts barking because my husband's come home, I think from hockey or something. And I'm mad because I think it's like three in the morning. Like, why is the whole house waking up? And he's like, it's 930, man. Like, just <laughs> chill out. But the dog, it was like like there was a like he was saving us, you know, like, yeah. to save our lives. <laughs> Chocolate labs. labs oh, my like, gosh. That my, bark. My buddy had a black lab and it was like a cannon blast. Yes. Every time you barked. 
Uh, he was a good dog named Cody. Yeah. Small town salute. It was about a year ago, Loren, that we took a trip to a Manitoba mountain or hill that the three of us at least didn't even know about. Yeah, so this is near McGregor. That's just west of Portage La Prairie. And this hill is part of the Valley View Bible Camp. And yes, it runs camps. But during the winter, they've also got a fun tubing operation that draws people from all over southern Manitoba to the area for the day. And this winter, I think we all know there really hasn't been much winter. So we thought we could check in to see how things are going. We say good morning to Michael Bergen, Program Director at Valley View Bible Camp. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. So let's just get to it, because I know um, you want to be open typically this week when people are on holidays, are you? We're not. We want to be open desperately, but uh, with the lack of snow this uh, these last few weeks, we just don't have uh, the capacity yet to be open. We're, we're anxious to, we're ready to, and uh, we're just waiting for that last piece of the puzzle, the snow. So then where does, like, where do you, if you can't get the snow to come naturally, of course, can you bring snow in, and where do you get it from? Yeah, so um, we still rely quite heavily on snowfall itself. We don't make snow like some of the ski hills do. We just don't have the, the capacity for that here. Um, but we do haul a lot of snow on our property. We have a large property, and so when, when there's even a small snowfall, we're usually able to pile that up in piles, and uh, with the help of a payloader, we're able to actually um, groom and maintain our hill with the snow that's on site. So that's something we do. Um, even when there's a little bit of snow, we try and work ahead and and uh, really put our best effort into uh, making sure the hill is ready to go when we can. So you had hoping to be open yesterday. I noticed when I went online that it now you're advising people to book for, is it next week, January 2nd, did I see? Yeah, that's right. Uh, we did do a temporary like postponement of our opening day. Uh, we're really hoping to just see a change in the weather here uh, in the next few days. And uh, even a little bit of snow will, will help us to be able to fulfill that commitment. Um, but we'll just kind of keep an eye on things, and we'll be opening as soon as we can. So what kind of tubes are we talking about here? Like, would I have to bring my own? No, that's uh, that's the beautiful thing about the tubing hill is we, we provide it all for you. It's, a, it's an all-inclusive experience. You bring yourself and your ski pants, and we provide the rest. So uh, we have a, a tube. It's a, it's, a, it's <laughs> excuse me, a plastic saucer with an inner tube on the inside. And so it's uh, very fast, very safe. Take- Take a second. Uh, well, we can just bring the audio down for a second, Michael, and you go through that cough because we've all been there before when that chuckle gets in the throat, throat, right, Brett? It's hard to power through that. And I have to comment that as soon as I heard tube, or as soon as I heard all-inclusive, I thought tube up bar. Maybe that's the <laughs> next way to go is like a, you could tube your way to a tube up bar. But uh, Michael, hopefully hopefully you've worked your way through that cough. So start, start again. You come. It's all-inclusive. I just show up with my ski pants, basically. <laughs> right, yeah. So it's um, we provide what you need to be able to go tubing. So if you come with warm clothes, we got everything else that you need. So we have the warm-up area inside with a canteen available. Uh, the tube outside, we have it. It's a saucer with a rubber a rubber tube on the inside that you can slide down the hill on. We have um, enough tubes for the people that we allow to come. We kind of we don't restrict, but we uh, um, we control how many people are here at any given time just to kind of increase that overall experience for our guests. And so uh, we have it all here, and uh, it makes it a lot more accessible for those who maybe uh, live in a city or in, a, in an area where maybe they don't have uh, tubing equipment or things like that. We, we provide it all, and we make it uh, kind of an equal opportunity uh, recreational experience. 
How durable are the tubes, Michael? Because I remember when I was a kid, maybe the most fun sled I had was this tube that, I mean, it, it slid so fast and so far, but uh, <laughs> I went through two of them in one season because they're yeah, tubes. Well, we, for sure. No, we, we use a, a fairly durable uh, setup. It's a more of a commercial setup that we've kind of honed over the years. And so we have a, a commercial saucer that's actually built locally here. Um, and uh, it's very, very durable. Some of them have lasted us for well over a decade. Um, we are always replacing ones as one has to do. And then the, the inner tube that we use, again, is a more of an industrial uh, industrial tube. So it's a very safe, very uh, very durable setup, and it's perfect for, for the hill and the conditions that we have. The recommendation, I believe, is book ahead, right? Like, should I just show up, or do I, should I try to get my day slotted in? Yeah, that's a great question. We Over the last few years, we've been able to switch to a completely online booking system. Um, and so we say book ahead only. We used to have walk-ups, and certainly that's part of our past, and it's a, it's a, it's a fond part of our past. Um, but just, just due to the popularity of the Hill and us desiring to give a really positive experience for each one of our guests, we say it's online, advanced online booking only. And so we've tried to make it as simple as we can on our website, tobehill.ca, you hop on there, you see a calendar, you pick your dates, you book it, and uh, you're ready to go. And then the check-in process here when you come is super simple, and we get you on that hill as soon as we can. And Sorry, Michael, what's the cost? Uh, it's just $15 per person. Uh, ages four and under are free. We keep it really simple, uh, really accessible for most people to be able to come and have some fun. One of the most affordable winter recreation opportunities in the province. Yeah. I, you just mentioned the, some of the changes over the years. So how long have you been in operation, Michael? It's a, it's a cool story. I'll try and be brief and cut me off if you need, but um, our, our hill actually spans way beyond when Valley View Bible Camp was even on the property. So we were, we were actually donated the property as a nonprofit organization back in 2000. But before then, uh, there was a couple, Mr. and Mrs. Rogers, that ran this hill for years. Mr. Rogers was a bachelor in the area, and he had a passion for kids and for youth groups and stuff. And so he just started offering... Uh, sliding on his hill on his property um, to those that wanted to do it. And, and he was the one who originally created the lift system, the original lift system. We've modified it and changed it since then. Um, but this spans back probably to the, uh, I should I should have my numbers better, but I think the late 70s. And so this has been a long-standing recreation opportunity in the area. Many people know it as Rogers Hill. We're still very fond of that name. Um, and we've just been able to carry forward a legacy which is a really awesome opportunity. And the cool thing about what we do here is, sure, you're getting an awesome recreational experience, but we are a nonprofit organization. The benefit of coming here is not only are you having a blast with your family or your friends, but you're also supporting a good cause. Um, we're completely nonprofit in our operations, and everything we do goes back into our summer camping opportunities for children and youth. And so just kind of a really neat, I know I'm biased, but a really neat opportunity uh, to be able to kind of have that fun, but also be able to kind of share in that uh, that giving experience and so we're thankful for each guest we have and i think it really changes our perspective and uh, helps us to just really push uh to to provide an awesome experience for our guests because we're we're passionate about what we do and we see that carry on into the winter time and what we're offering with the tubing hill yeah you can feel good while you're you're doing it it's sort of like having a good day and then giving back and then so if you've been it's been since 2000 you were had that property have you ever had to open this later there have been years like this that you can recall where there was just not much snow on the ground by the end of december yeah you know what there's one there's one season i do remember probably about 11 years ago um where we did we had very little snow and we actually had a a a very close to to empty season and uh so it doesn't happen that often uh, but you do look back on those dates and you're thankful for the snow that comes in between 
And uh, so it has happened before. Uh, we're certainly hoping that's not going to be the case uh, this year. Uh, we we do watch the fog a little bit, and we're hoping to see some snow here. And and uh, we're excited uh, to see some see some snow in, in in the future. And we're we're optimistic. Just looking at the pictures at tubinghill.ca, and one of the pictures is of you. You mentioned the lift system, which that on on its own looks like it would be fun to get pulled up the hill. Uh, while you're sitting on your tube, how long does it take to get pulled up the hill? Yeah, so it's 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 pretty cool, pretty cool system. We we love the fact that you can have fun going down, and you can you can kind of chill and uh, have a nap going up. It's it's a really awesome system. It only takes uh, about uh, I think thirty to forty seconds. Are used to it's a little bit longer now. We've we've lengthened it a little bit, but uh, it's uh, I, I think it's under under a minute and a half to make it up the hill, basically. And uh, and it's it certainly beats walking, that's for sure. So we we love the lift system; it works great. Um, we've done some major safety improvements over the last few years, specifically, and so we're always looking to improve our operations while still making it fun. And and that lift system's a real highlight. Well, my- last question. Sorry, just and where? How do we get there? Because I had you in my head as Portage La Prairie for some reason, but I have to go past Portage. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So we're we're right down the number one highway. Um, you're going to pass Portage La Prairie, uh, and you're going to hit McGregor. Where um, uh, once you hit McGregor, um, you're going to just head south off the number one. There are signs on the number one that tell tell you to go south. We're five miles south of the number one highway, just past McGregor, Manitoba. Very straightforward. Michael Bergen, Program Director at Valley View Bible Camp, home to the Tubing Hill. TubingHill.ca is the website. Michael, thank you for joining us once, once more. Good to hear from you. It's no problem. Nothing like an early morning and nothing like following up a good old vomit story. So uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> well, hey, do you have any dogs or cats? I, uh, well, we do at the camp here, and uh, I haven't had to deal with that too much. So uh, I'm, I'm thankful. You've, you've, you've helped me increase my... My uh, my thankfulness this morning. So See, appreciate that. This is what we do. The gift. We're just. The, it's just the throw up gift that keeps on giving. You know. Yeah, absolutely. You guys are. You guys have it right. So. All right, Michael. Thank you so much, and hopefully you can get that going by uh, early 2024. And yeah, it looks like a great time. I haven't been on a any sort of a, sl- a sled to go down a hill, honestly, since I was a kid. I you got to add that to the list because that's another thing when you get like the older you get, like the, when you're little, the hills seem so huge. And then the, the bigger you get, you're like, okay, this hill's not that big. But when you haven't done it in a while, all the hills are big. When you get to that top and you think, whose idea is this? <laughs> like they're going to go down now. Oh, so much fun. I'm going to put this on. Um, you're going to skate this season. Uh-huh. I'm hitting this tubing hill. Okay. So okay. there we go. We'll challenge. Have, we'll have to get Greg uh, some sort of a winter challenge, and then we'll check in. Once no, we'll pick season. his. Let's pick his. Just pick his. <laughs> Cross country skiing. And sign it for seven miles. <laughs> it's all the way up. Uphill. Just straight uphill. <laughs> no lift for you. <laughs> If you've got plans this weekend, plans for New Year's Eve, have you figured out how you are getting to where you need to go and how you're getting home? I mean, whether it's New Year's or not, the idea really is if your plans include alcohol or cannabis, stay out of the driver's seat, right? And so that's where Operation Red Nose comes in every single year. Shara Hinton joins us now to tell us more. Good morning, Shara. Good morning. Just over a week ago, I think it was, that we were having conversations with uh, you folks about the idea that you weren't getting the normal volume of calls that are typical this time of year. How are things looking or, or has that changed as we got closer to Christmas and now into New Year? 
Uh, yeah, it definitely got busier for us the last two weekends before Christmas. And uh, now we're, I mean, our last night is New Year's Eve. We we won't be working Friday and Saturday night this weekend. We're we're working under the assumption that uh, all, everyone's going to go out and they're going to save up and go out on New Year's Eve. So then how does it work in terms of like the, the hours of operation or, 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 or it's not payment, it's a donation at the end, right? Yeah, that that's correct. So on New Year's Eve, um, our phone lines will be open from 9 p.m. to 3 a.m. And uh, our telephone operators will be ready to take calls from clients who are ready to uh, arrange a ride home. And it is a free service that we offer, but we very willingly um, accept donations from any of our clients who appreciate our service. And then where does those donations go, Shara? So the Operation Red Nose program in Winnipeg is run by the Mantis Swim Club. So any donations received go to support their swimmers, help keep them in the water, help you know reduce fees for them for their training time and all of that. And how are you doing for volunteers? Um, we're doing we we're doing pretty well. We've had fewer volunteers um, than we've had, I'd say, pre-pandemic. Um, but uh, we're. I mean, our numbers are, we're doing okay. We do have room for probably 20, 20 more volunteers on New Year's Eve if there is somebody who wants to come out and help us on that, on that uh, special night. I know it's hard to guess because we've had, of course, the pandemic years where there were the ups and downs of what we could or, or couldn't or should or shouldn't do. And then, of course, money might be tough for people. So maybe they've changed their plans, holiday parties, you know, were, were struggling and now they're back in a bigger way. What's the expectation for New Year's Eve? Like, what have you typically seen in some years, and what do you think you might see Sunday night? Yeah, it's a good guess. It, it's really, it's always hard to gauge on on just what people are going to be doing. Um, yeah, pre-pandemic, we did, oh, I mean, well, we do 300 rides on that one night, and I, I, last year, I think we did around a hundred, so about a third of what we had done before. Um, but I mean, our big objective is to make sure that everybody gets home safe and sound. Anybody who calls us, we are going to get home. If they're not calling us, I sure hope they're finding a, you know a safe way home. They're going with a friend, you know, they have a designated driver. They're staying overnight. They've called somebody to come and get them. They're Ubering. They're taking a cab. You know, they're doing what they what they need to do. Can you book in advance for New Year's Eve? No, we, we just work on demand. So our system doesn't really allow to uh, pre-book. Um, but, uh, yeah, to I mean, we, we've got the teams ready, and uh, it's usually, you know, 30 to 45 minutes. It's just the drive time for us to get to them. And, you know, and that's, I mean, that's, I, I think our turnaround time is pretty good on that. And what it about just, how does the app work? So that app the app that um that operation red nose has it's i mean you can't book a ride on the app everything has to be done by a telephone call the uh the app will um let the let people know when we are available it does connect you can call directly through that app um to get to us but everything still needs to be done there's no way to book a ride without phoning us and how do we do that Shara? Just call 204-947-6673 and uh, call us between 9 p.m. and 3 a.m. Give us about a 45-minute, maybe an hour if, you know, if you're know you closer to that midnight time when you want to head home. And uh, we'll get you set up and, uh, and send a, a, um, a drive team out to get you home.
And in terms of volunteering as well, I mean, I, I've done this a couple of times through the radio station. We had a team on opening night. Gosh, it's been over 10 years, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's the three, is it, first of all, is it still a three-person team? It is, yep, still a three-person team. So we have an escort driver who drives the team around in, in their vehicle, and uh, then the designated driver and the navigator drive the client home in the client's car. So the navigator, the escort driver's following behind to pick up the team when they drop off the client at home. And, uh, yeah, still three people, and we still have room for volunteers. And super easy to volunteer. We have a, a, a website, rednosewpg.ca. Just simply visit our website, complete the online application form, and the, I forward it to the Winnipeg Police for a criminal record check, which they turn around for us in about 24 hours. They're a great partner of ours. And, uh, and then we get you ready to volunteer. And does the navigator still get a walkie-talkie? No, we don't have walkie-talkies anymore. So, ah. um, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> we, <laughs> I know. It was a big change when we switched over from our walkie-talkies. We now use a cell phone, so we have some pretty neat software that we use to uh, dispatch all of the client information out to the team. So we push it out to them in, an, in an, a different Red Nose app. Um, but yeah, they get it all that way. So yeah, it's a lot quieter. Um, and, and I don't know, I've heard from a few people, not as much fun cause they can't talk back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, I was sort of scared of the first year cause I ended up in the role of navigator and I was given a walkie talkie and I, a clipboard, I think, and probably a Sherlock's map. And I just thought I, I can't be trusted with this responsibility, <laughs> but it was, it ended up being super fun uh, because I don't know that I'd ever actually used a walkie talkie outside of something I had when I was like a little kid. Uh, but that's cool. I mean, I, of course you wouldn't have need that stuff anymore. Things have changed, but Sheriff, yeah, they have changed. Yeah. What's the phone number once again, for people getting ready for the weekend for new year's 304-947-6673. Shara Hinton joining us from Operation Red Nose. And once again, that website is rednosewpg.ca. If I had known this love of walkie-talkies, I would have purchased that for Christmas for you. <laughs> and then I would force you to use it at work where I'm like harassing you nonstop. Like, Breaker, this is Lorenzo. Brett, you in the studio? That would actually be super handy because at an 835, I, or I, I could chase after you and Greg to come back from the news meeting. Yes, yes, we could use it for all sorts of things. Actually, now that I think of it, it's a bad idea to get you this. It's really going to help you and just annoy me. It is McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is away this week. Forte back in the saddle after extending his holiday break. Uh, yesterday, Braden was in the control room, and that means Forte just got an extra day, I suppose, Loren, to indulge because it's been, I mean, it, you know, hopefully you got to indulge a little bit over the last few days, and maybe you have some tasty leftovers in your fridge, like we discussed earlier, and the gravy that calls to you as you're trying to fall asleep, but you're like, I want that gravy. I want more gravy. <sighs> Or as full disclosure, I just dove into some leftover Alfredo for zero reason at 8.27 a.m. So here I am sitting here with just a rock of sadness in my stomach. So 
hopefully she's ready to make me happy with the with the falsehood that I can lose this in just one flight upstairs walking. Andrea Cates is with Best You Nutrition. Good morning, Andrea. Good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? We just went through this. Forty just told me cats or Cates. 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 Oh, good. <laughs> Sorry, I, he just says okay. this in my ear, and every time we talk to him, I have to get this. Anyway, he, this, I, I'm going to blame it on Alfredo fog. Is that a thing? <laughs> Fair. Sure, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> we'll blame the Alfredo. Brett was saying earlier that he feels guilt, you know, sometimes when he, he woke up feeling guilty with this idea that he's overindulged. And is that a common emotion? Like, should we be feeling that way? Um, it's definitely common. And no, we shouldn't be feeling that way. Um, a couple of reasons why. I mean, first of all, food guilt is really not a healthy thing for us to be having um, any time of year because it really sort of sets us up for a, a negative relationship with food. Um, we want food to nourish our bodies and bring us joy, um, and guilt is not, you know, part of that process. The other thing is that, by fact, the average person only gains about two pounds over the holidays. Now, I think that makes a lot of people feel a lot better because I think most people think that it's, you know, total debauchery and they've gained, you know, 20 pounds. And it's, you know, if you really step on the scale, it's probably not as bad as you think. But I think what we really need to kind of look at is, um, you know, was this two or three days worth of, of not eating well and drinking a little bit more? Um, you know, one day or two days of unhealthy eating isn't going to make us unhealthy, just like, you know, a day or two of healthy eating isn't going to make us healthy. Um, so it's really, you know, how, how bad did it really get? How long did it go on for? And those kinds of things are, are sort of important to also think about when we're talking about how to get through this, uh, you know, not great feeling when we've, we've done some overindulgence. When it comes to that overindulgence, you mentioned two or three days. That's one thing. But if it does extend beyond that, if you're in it, if that overindulgence includes a lot of unhealthy foods, that can change things in your brain, right? Like, isn't that, doesn't it, it sort of plant a seed and then it makes you, that's what sort of makes you want to crave more things where you start thinking about it more. It's not, you know, like it's your body is telling you, it's not just your brain where you have this idea. Oh, you know what? I think I'll have some chips. It's like your body mm-hmm. saying, I, you must give me chips now. I mean, you're, you're right. Um, there, there's a lot of different things that kind of come along with food cravings, depending on what they are. Um, when we are sort of overindulging in sweets and refined carbohydrates, then what's going to happen is our body's going to crave those more. Because what's happening is we're actually burning sugar to, for energy. So whether that's energy for going for a walk or going to the gym or just burning energy from, you know, working and, and doing our sort of natural things, we're constantly burning energy. And what we want to be doing is burning fat. We don't want to be burning sugar. And when we're burning sugar, our body just says, hey, give me more sugar, give me more sugar, because that's sort of the quick fix, right? And so that looks like, you know, sweets and treats and, um, you know, the, the not healthy fat foods like maybe gravy or, or those kinds of things. So it's, it's really hard to sort of break that cycle when your body and your brain are asking for something for you to say, you know what, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for broccoli or red peppers instead of this bag of chips or another piece of cake. Well, the hard part about leftovers, too, is that you, you you talk about the idea that it's okay to overindulge maybe one or two days. Like, that doesn't make a bad habit. Sometimes the leftovers can last days, like, to the end of the week. And one really should not be consuming gravy every day of the week. I joked earlier about it calling my name, but it's true. And so it makes me feel like I should, like, should I just freeze half of it? You know, get rid of some of it? Not toss it, but find other ways yeah. to repurpose it? 
Yeah, I mean, that's what I would do for sure. Like if I have a lot of leftovers and I, I don't want to eat the same thing for three, four, five, six days. Also, is it going to stay good for that long is the other question. Um, but I mean, first of all, give it away to somebody else is an option. Freezing it for sure. So that, you know, in, in January and February, when you feel like, you know, having a nice home cooked meal, but you don't have the time, you can just pull something out of the freezer, which is a great idea. Um, so there's lots of different options of what we can do. Um, you know, some of the meats or, or things like that, we can turn into to soup so we can add a bunch of veggies and broth and, and some healthy spices so we can make those foods healthier from doing something like that um, but you know everybody's different and wants to do you know kind of what's going to work for them best when it comes to just cravings in general and not necessarily related to this time of year but just in general I was telling Loren earlier often often I'll make my worst decisions like at, at a point in the evening where I should be thinking about going to bed rather than thinking about what I want to put into my stomach. And inevitably that's when I crave potato chips and I live mm-hmm. like 50 yards from a gas station where it's quite easy to just go get them. And often when that seed gets planted, I can't turn it off. Like it's an idea that's, that's going to stay there until I go get the chips. And then I feel guilty about it and feel like garbage the next morning. So when one gets those kind of like mad cravings, do you have any tips on something I can do to fight back? Absolutely. So I think first and foremost is sometimes giving into craving is totally okay, right? So it doesn't have to be you're never going to have chips ever again in your entire life because that's not realistic. Um, but it's how often are we giving into this craving? Are you craving these every single night and then therefore having them every single night? Well, then that might be a bit of a problem. So what I think a really good way to sort of pause that is ask yourself, how do I want to feel after I eat? So if you're craving the chips and you know after those chips you're going to have, you know, increased levels of anxiety, you're going to feel physically not well, you're going to feel guilty about it the next day, all those kinds of things, that's probably not how you want to feel, right? So asking yourself, okay, great, I get the chips, but how am I going to feel after that? And is that how I want to feel? And if your answer is no, do what's better for your mind and what's better for your body and, and making that decision. So it's not going to work, you know, flawlessly every single time. But when we start to think about how we really want to feel after we eat, it really can help us feel better and make better decisions. One of the challenges in our house right now is, is that we have growing boys, right? They're entering their teenage years. And so they're hungry, it feels like, all the time. But they also are, Andrea, looking for a lot of those, like the, the meats, the carbs, and of course, the vegetables. But you find yourself turning to foods that I don't want to be eating every day of the week, but they're okay to eat them because they burn it off so quickly, right? And so I end mm-hmm. up, what's the advice for families? Because I don't want to be cooking 19 different meals. And it is hard to say they, they wanted Alfredo last night. That was their request. And then no problem, I can make that. And then this morning, I'm like, shoot, now I have leftover Alfredo calling my name in the mm-hmm. fridge. And so it's, it's hard to balance the needs of the entire family. What's the tip there? For sure. So it's funny that you say that because I remember when we were kids, my mom used to think we all had hollow legs because we would just eat the food and we never put on any weight because we're burning it off. So unfair. (laughs) And um, so, but I mean, my tip for for families would be make something that you can have a healthier version of. So if your kids are wanting pasta with Alfredo sauce, okay, so they can have the pasta and Alfredo sauce and you can have the pasta and maybe have like a chunky vegetarian marinara sauce. 
or something like that. So making a few tweaks here and there um, is kind of what the, what I, what I like to suggest. So same sort of thing, you know, whether your kids are teenagers or you have little ones at home that are, you know, maybe a little bit less picky or more picky eaters, um, you know, making foods that you can break into um, different sort of servings. So, you know, for a toddler, for example, I might want to have like a vegetarian rice and, you know, bean bowl. And that might not be something that, you know, my little one will want. So what can I do? I can break it so she has a little bit of rice and then she has a few of the vegetables that I know that she's going to eat and I can kind of keep them separately. So sort of breaking down those meals so that, you know, they can eat what they like. And as for for the kids that are going to want to have those, you know, less than healthier, you know, fuller fat meals and, and, you know, we can still have a version of it without, you know, like you said, making, you know, one meal for the child, one meal for you, one meal for your husband and that kind of thing. So that, that is like way too much work and nobody wants to get into that, but there are different versions with the same sort of base that we can always create for a healthier version for ourselves. Our guest is Andrea Cates with Best You Nutrition. And one of the other things we, we asked, we we're just asking each other this morning, Andrea, is, uh, particularly at a time like you know, like this time of year where there might be some overeating going on, is it possible? Like, can we stretch out our stomachs? Like, if we if I eat too much one day and maybe eat too much the next day, uh, am I stretching my stomach to the point where maybe when I'm trying to get back to normal, if I don't fill it up to that point, I I remain hungry? Am I making sense right now? Yeah, I, I know what you're asking. So, I mean, absolutely. So somebody, for example, who is 400 pounds is going to be able to eat and put in a lot more food into their body than somebody who's like 150 pounds, right? So definitely there's a different amount of food that can go into a body. Um, but we, a couple of things we want to remember. Number one, it takes our brain 20 minutes to hear that we are full. So if you're eating a meal in seven minutes, you might have been full after eating for four minutes. But your brain doesn't get that signal from your digestive system until 20 minutes long. So we want to make sure that we're slowing down our eating process, right? So that's an important thing. The other thing is sometimes when we've sort of overindulged and we're having all of these cravings, we, we end up really kind of having cravings. But what we our body really needs is more water, right? We're probably dehydrated. And we need a lot more nutrients that are going to come from fruits and vegetables. So, you know, if you know, hey, I'm going out for a New Year's Eve and I know I'm going to be eating a not healthy meal I'm going to be drinking way more than when you know than what I would normally be drinking okay so set yourself up for success set yourself up so that during the day you know the day before you're eating lots of fruits and vegetables you're drinking lots of water you're having lots of maybe some green tea or some kombucha and then the day after same sort of thing right a lot of times okay you know what you you had your debauchery that night but then you wake up the next morning you're like all I want to have is some greasy breakfast well that's not really adding to the you know that's adding to the problem not not making it better so you know making sure that you might have some some eggs and some whole grain bread or having some oatmeal in the morning with some fruit instead of having that you know fast food meal that's going to add that greasy kind of yuckiness to your body so um, absolutely we can we can change the way our body works and and how the amount of food that can kind of come in and out of it. Um, but we want to be realistic and we want to make sure that we're eating um, a healthy amount of food, um, not too little, not too much. We're always aiming for an 80% full position. So we don't want to eat until we're 100% or 110% full because that's not good for our body. But we also don't want to only eat until we're 50% or 60% because then we end up grazing and snacking and being hungry 45 minutes later. And that's not good either. So we're looking for that sweet spot of 80%. And sometimes we just need to slow down a little bit and mindfully eat so that we can get to that and understand what 80% actually feels like and eat to that point instead. Andrea, where can we find you online? 
bestunutrition.ca is my website and all my contact information is there. All right, Andrea. Always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Happy holidays and happy new year. You too. Have a great day, guys. Andrea Cates with Best You Nutrition. And the question of the day at cjob.com are healthier habits on your 2024 checklist. Yes, better eating. Yes, less alcohol. Yes, more exercise. Yes, all of the above. That would be my vote. Or simply, no, cast your vote, cjob.com. Or where's the person out there who's like, actually, I'm too healthy. I need to be a little less... (laughs) <laughs> That's why I just kept it as no, because then it could. I, I, I thought about actually adding one of those options. No, my body is pure and perfect. Yeah, uh. so no could be I'm already my my body is my temple, or no could just be no. I'm going to stay lazy and continue to eat garbage because that's my choice. You can't tell me what to do. It is McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is away this week. Last chance at 204-780-6868 for uh, an attempt to win yourself a Santa Lucia pizza $25 gift card. Just tell us uh, about a time you had a wacky wake-up, whether it was something that woke you up or you woke up and you didn't know where you were. Like, I still laugh when I think, Loren, about my first year at university, how I went to Elizabeth Defoe Library at the University of Manitoba, just to take a quick nap before my 2 p.m. or 2.30 p.m. psychology class. Mm-hmm. And I woke up and it was dark outside. <laughs> I slept till like 6.30. Oh. So from when to when? Like From like 1 p.m. to 1 6.30. 1 to 6.30. That's it. And like in a chair? No, they had these... Um, they had this little spot in the third floor where they had just the, I think they were essentially Ottomans. They were just these huge cushions that you could arrange into either like a seat where you could sit like a chaise kind of deal or that you could line up three in a row and just lie down and take a nap. So I had a world of knowledge at my fingertips in this beautiful library and I just went there to sleep. Ah, uh, but that, I mean, of all the spaces, there's it's, there's the quiet hum of a library. It's almost like white noise in there. Yeah. You know? and, it, and then it smells like books and knowledge <laughs> <laughs> and wet mitts sometimes. But like, no, I can see that happening. I have a reoccurring dream involving being late. Like you miss class, being late for a university class. Like I never get to it. And my reoccurring dream involves me saying to myself in my dream, you're going to go to the class tomorrow. You're going to get hit that 8 a.m. class. You have to go. And I picture the building and I picture how I want to get there and I cannot skip it. And then I end up skipping it. And then I have that dream like a month later. I, I'm clearly missing something in, on a checklist or something in life. I don't know what that tells you. That's interesting. Would you know what class, what class it's it is? French. It's a French class. Really? Yeah. That's and then I have to go to history <clears throat> after and I can see the history like the building where the history class was when I went to Carleton. But I don't know why. I don't know if it's something about the timing, about missing something or having missed that French class. That's so funny that it's French class for you because I had a dream a few weeks back or a few months back that like it, it really scared me um, at how real it felt because I dreamt that I had gone back to school, back to university and I enrolled in a bunch of, classes and one of them was French and I missed a bunch of classes. I didn't get any, didn't do any of the, the assignments. And then I remember waking up in this panic thinking like, I have to drop this course before 
it's too late. And I was fully convinced for several minutes after I woke up that I had gone back to school and I needed to figure out how to deal with this. Oh, see? And you know what? It all comes back to, I'm sure, for the reasons behind these dreams. Just straight up stress. Yeah. Like just, we know that you were stressed about something. And it manifested in... Uh... Into that into, <laughs> into that dream. <laughs> into a French class. Could also, maybe it was lingering guilt. I never did complete my university degree. I have a diploma from Red River College Polytech, and I'm super proud of that creative communications uh, diploma, but I never did complete my university degree, and I always sort of felt a little guilty about abandoning that ship. Uh, I think I I, started, I I did three years. I wandered through it like a nomad. Oh, with... three so close to. Well, but I, I didn't have enough credit. Like, it would have taken me five or six years, I oh, think, okay. to complete oh, okay. The, the degree because I just didn't have the credit hours, but uh, I, di- I had no idea what I wanted to do. I went in with the express purpose of going into the faculty of management. So I took the, the prerequisite courses for that. There was a psychology class and economics class. And um, I think what were you hoping to do with that out of curiosity? I wasn't sure, but the, that, you know, that was sort of the way that my mom had, had suggested I lean towards. And some okay. of my teachers had, had pushed me towards that. And they said, you don't have to know exactly, but you go into the, the faculty and then you can sort of figure it out from there. So I took mm. the prerequisites. And but then I realized I really enjoyed like I really loved my psychology class. So and mm. I, I shifted gears and started moving towards leaning, doing like a career in psychology and I just I took almost entirely psych classes and uh, but then I was like do I want to be a researcher do I want to be a professor do I want to be a therapist I I have no idea and that would have been like a long haul in class because I would have had to complete my bachelor degree and then probably a master's and potentially a PhD and just the thought of being in school for god knows how long I just jumped ship after three years and and reevaluated my life and then I realized yeah, radio sounds fun. Let's pursue that. So, and here we are. And here we are. I didn't know any of this about you. I'm fascinated when people reveal like what they were studying. There's a ton of people that have degrees that actually didn't end up being what they do in life, or they started the degree right and then switched to a college program or like um, a trade or what have you. And it's it's really interesting to see what you thought. Like we're all different than what we hopefully were at 19 anyway, and you hope to be different. Yeah. But where your mind was taking you at that time, or or maybe you just didn't know. And then you think, why was I even in that? You know, <laughs> I think probably had I had I continued with the psychology, it would have been uh, some form of therapist or counselor because I always enjoyed like when, like people and people will still come if they need to talk. They know they can turn to me yeah. because I I like to listen and I don't I don't like to offer like unsolicited. Advice. At least, I, at least I try not to do that because it drives me bonkers when people give me unsolicited advice, uh, particularly on a golf course, and uh, <laughs> where there's someone, someone will say, "Hey, uh, I got, I got a suggestion for you." Nope, don't want it. Not right now. But uh, so that's where I probably would have gone. I also wonder too if, and I and I, I sort of regret this. I because I liked the University of Manitoba, and one of my teachers said, I think you'd do better at the University of Winnipeg. I think you would probably get lost in the anonymity of the U of M. And I think they were right. Like, that's not a knock against the University of Manitoba, but I think a smaller class size may have done me well because Mm -hmm. I was just a number. I was just a faceless person in the crowd. So I was kind of detached. I felt like just totally detached from the whole process. So I don't know. I don't know. 
I'm going to, I I feel like what you're doing is kind of what you studied. You listen every single day and you listen well. And then other people learn from the advice given and you manage the clock. So <laughs> you're in management. Our time is up. God knows I didn't take a management course, clearly. <laughs> Right now, it's minus seven at 680. <laughs> 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 like, he just screamed, I'm sorry, world. You turn to us for truthful, factual information, and at 9.15 on a fairly regular basis, it's when I fail. Oh, it wouldn't, it, I'm, I'm not doing that. It has I'm to happen not at least once. On has to happen yeah, at least once in, in a, he once a day. He screamed it. He's like, you got it? Minus 10. I was like, got it. And I, then I said I even myself, said it twice. You said it twice. <laughs> said and it then twice. I was going to try to type it into the script because I will forget because it goes in one ear and out the other. And then, <laughs> and then I do. Congratulations. You're a human being, Lorraine. Oh, yes. But this is a flaw. This is a flaw, people. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a fun one. I love it. So we were asking you today about wacky wake ups. So a time that you woke up and you wondered like, what is, what am I doing right now? Or, or maybe something else woke you up for a chance to win some Santa Lucia pizza. One of our runners up here is Alfreda who says, uh, not Alfredo, like you had some leftover Alfredo, Loren, but this is Alfreda who says at 2 a.m. on a Thursday morning in October, I woke to something in the hair on my head. I have never sat up so fast and turned the light on with no eye adjustments for the light. I ran my hands through my hair, nothing. Then I pounded my pillow, and from between the mattress and the pillow, out jumped a mouse onto the floor and behind my computer table, and it took me three weeks to catch that critter. Oh, what a feeling. In your hair. Ugh. But then did you see another runner up here, Loren, also regarding a a mouse? This is Mm -hmm. from Beth. Beth says my cat was a great mouser, and unfortunately, I had mice in my house. One night, she jumped in my bed and made a very muffled meow, waking me up. I realized with horror, she had a live mouse in her mouth, which she proceeded to <laughs> drop onto my bed. A gift! Did I ever scramble out of bed quickly? She did the same thing again a few times, but I learned to move quickly when I heard that muffled meow. Oh, Cats, they, they, they're proud of themselves and they want to bestow what they, they like, they, like she said, it's a gift. They want to show you what they've done. But why is it still alive? They, I think because cats they don't are, kill it? Uh, they're, they're, cats like to play with their, uh, their, their prey. But they do cats want to kill mean. it eventually. Yeah. Oh, mm. she's just toying with the mouse. Yeah. Yet another reason yeah. why, for those who don't like cats. <laughs> it's just more fuel. You could just say cats are jerks. 976. Cats are just evil. Just kidding. <laughs> I love cats, by the way. I love dogs and cats. But our winner today is Stacy, who says, I live in a basement apartment with a large window well outside my bedroom window, which is next to a parking lot. Well, one night, about a month and a half ago, when we had that warm spell, I got awakened by noise outside. So I got up and looked out my window, and I saw a couple having... Relations in my window well. No joke. Oh gosh, Stacy. Why we had so many follow-up questions for Stacy. Like <laughs> poor guy just inundated with 
what, <laughs> he said as a photo of not the act, but like just so he, we could understand the view. And I just cannot for the life of me, like, you know, you're feeling amorous and you want to have relations. Yeah. Why that would be your choice of spots. I know. Just like I don't understand the physics no. of it. I don't understand the the, the choice. The, 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 uh, this looks like a comfortable spot. It actually looks like the worst possible spot. Yes. yes. And, and somehow also, that's like, how they if decided. If you're doing that, you, I, I don't care how imbibed, like you might be. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. Like you, usually you're saying to yourself, I don't want to be seen. Yeah. So you go away from windows. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, a great point. Like, Instead, they went to as many they went, as they could they find. They went to all the windows. <laughs> and then I'm wondering if there was that, like, the noise that he heard. Was it, like, you know, like, skin on glass? Like, you know, is it scrapes across? Like, I know what we'll do. We'll, we'll go right up to the window of all these apartments. I hope this pizza makes you feel better. (laughs) (laughs) Stacey, thank you for sharing this story. Congratulations. You win some Santa Lucia pizza.